Welcome to Finding My Yum, a sex-positive podcast celebrating all forms of sexual expression. Each week, we bring on a new guest to share their journey. We talk honestly and openly about what they're into and what sex, kinks, love, and more look like in the real world. I'm Jerry Courtney Austin, and I am your host. And today, I am joined by Tara and Andre to talk all about their online poly community, their relationship counseling, uh, and so much more. It's such a, a, a full episode, and I cannot wait for you to listen. Before we get into the episode, I did want to announce that this is going to be the last episode of Finding My Yum podcast for now. Um, Yeah, it feels like it's time to end this chapter. But before that, I just, man, I just wanted to express my deepest, infinite gratitude for this gift, for this space for uh, all of the guests who have come on the podcast, you have all profoundly changed me. I have learned more than I could even conceptualize, and I am fundamentally and profoundly changed because of it. Um, you know, I've I've just been taught so much. I've learned so much about language and. Um, love and connection and relationship dynamics and, you know, the politics and policies behind how we police these things in in this country and how we can be activists and allies and um, mobilize to, to help folks that need help and um, how we can dismantle, personally for me in my own life, you know, dismantle these notions of relationships in like a Disney idea of, um, you know, this fantasy relationship, this fantasy love, um, monogamy, sex, love, connection, and, and what, and, and, and open my mind to, to all new different types of, of possibility. Um, and really just trying on different hats of, of does this work for me? And honestly, what a gift it's been to to grow up on this podcast. You know, we started it, my friend Will Lentz, Will Lentz and I started this podcast over two years ago and at the time thought it was going to be just like a dating show about how people date. And it has transformed into, oh man, something so much deeper. Oh, I'm getting emotional. Um, but it has meant so much. And I I I love creating and 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 um you know, bringing stuff in this world and I think storytelling is one of the most powerful um mediums and art forms um in this world and I am it, like what a gift to be witness to every guest journey to every guest's um, heartbreak and love and expertise and genius um, and humanity. I think that that is such a big thing of just even getting to connect and, and, and through the pandemic, getting to widen the sphere and talk to folks all over the world. Um, what, what a profound gift. Um, and for all of you who have been listening and have been following throughout 
thank you for being here. You know, there are a lot of podcasts and um, there are a lot of people creating and I just feel so proud and grateful that I um, got to do this and that anybody was listening. So um, I'm so thankful for this community and and for everybody that I've met through it and for every single guest um, to Will Lentz for going on this ride for me, uh, with me, (laughs) for um, the majority of the time and, and for what we created. Oh, man. Um, I don't know what's coming next, but I'm excited to, to see what happens and, and what evolves um, and what comes down the pipeline. And I can't wait to share it with you all then. But for now, uh, I'm celebrating this last episode and getting the amazing chance to connect with Tara and Andre. And so without further ado, please enjoy. Yay! Welcome to Finding My Yum. I'm so excited. Today we have Tara Lynn Franco here, who is a relationship and awesomeness coach and co-founder of TNA, and who is a sex-positive registered psychotherapist, coach, and co-founder of TNA as well. Thank you two so much for being here um, and working your schedules out, your crazy, like, amazing schedules to be here. I appreciate your time. Yay! Thanks for having us. Yeah, so happy to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. So you're coming from Canada. You're calling from Canada. Is that currently in Toronto, Canada? Okay, awesome. Um, I've had people from other parts of Europe and just all over the country, like the United States. So I think it's fun to just, you know, like what's so cool about Zoom is that I used to have people do it in person, right? So it was very limited and now can be anywhere, which I think is just really cool. Yeah, I think I think the pandemic really opened that up for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, People in my practice were coming to my office, but I also had some people who were uh, on Zoom. And now I've become so uh, mainstay that many people are just like, yeah, they, they take to it automatically. So, yes, it's really uh, brought the world together, made it for a smaller place, made for bigger uh, connections in many ways. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to dive right into what you two do together. You have this amazing Facebook community that you've fostered. And then you also have a practice where you work with individuals, couples, and you're starting a group um, class. And so, yeah, I'd love to hear about how that started and, and what it is that you're really offering um, for individuals and for groups and, and different partnership dynamics. Yeah. Awesome. Should I start? Or sure, should I start? Yeah, sure. Well, actually, a lot of this all started when COVID began because we wanted a way uh, to connect with our friends in Toronto uh, virtually since everything was basically shut down here like it was anywhere in the world. So out of that grew our first online community and essentially it was just to have like virtual parties and then um, play parties. Play parties. Yeah. Play cocktail parties. Yeah, I was going to say, parties. okay. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, through doing that, we started introducing and bringing new people in from the United States and Mm -hmm. across the world. And then it just kind of grew organically, organically. And then, yeah. And we found that there was a need to have like discussion around open relating. So polyamory, um, consensual non-monogamy and that sort of thing. So out of that grew our group, which we now nurture quite a bit, which is called Let's Talk Poly, which is over 800 members now. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And then you have a, um, a live discussion every week and, it, mm-hmm. and, and members ask questions and you decide what the topics are going to be. So I'm curious, like, what are the biggest 
questions that you get and and the things that you're talking about that that people are actively either um, working on or struggling with or just have questions about how to navigate? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that the uh, the biggies, the ones that are most common, are uh, how do I introduce the idea of entering into poly, or if I'm already in it, how do I navigate through it? And you know, jealousy tops the list, right? A lot of people uh, they come into this and they think, "Wow, it's going to be fantastic! I'm going to have all the sex I want, and it's just you know this utopian idea." But <laughs> then the feelings come into it, and they may not have a really come to terms with what does it mean to actually be in this. So uh, initially, it might seem like, "Wow, like there's going to be all this sex," and there <laughs> could be, but there's also <laughs> sure. a lot about being in open relating and, and polyamorous relationships and swinging that have to do with relationships, and uh, primarily it's about communication how do we communicate that and mm -hmm. uh you know it's the way of uh addressing our jealousies our insecurities our way of being with others yeah and so you know uh my partner and i are open although we basically got together like right before the pandemic and so mm -hmm. there hasn't been as many opportunities to sort of explore within that realm and and also to define necessarily what that means for us and in, in in a way um that hasn't looked basically just like monogamy of being in our houses quarantined and so i'm wondering what are what are specifically the tools that you you highlight um and the communication practices that lend themselves to you know address all types of jealousy right that manifests in in a, in a variety of different ways but can be quite uh overwhelming and sort of like shut the system down I would exactly say. Mm -hmm. yeah I think the best place that we start with it usually with our clients all of our clients and some of the things we talk about in our weekly uh broadcasts are you know what is behind the jealousy so what are what are your beliefs what is your mindset because usually there's something about your experiences from childhood through to adulthood your previous relationships that are causing you to feel less than comfortable in these situations where there might be multiple partners and multiple relationships and everybody has a different way of approaching relationships. So, you know, like you said, like it, and Andre said, it's like, you got to say everything. And so the things, the topics we often talk about are how do we communicate better? How do we be open and honest with our partners? How do we really be introspective and look at what is triggering us? What's behind our feelings of discomfort and jealousy and insecurity. And it's usually, like I said, it's our beliefs and, you know, asking ourselves the tough questions. But yeah, we want to try and figure out what's at play, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what happens is we're in a situation and we get a feeling. We have an emotion that comes up and uh, it's not always so clear as to what is behind that, what is really driving that. So we want to explore what's going on and get to a better understanding of it so that we can then uh, inform ourselves and find a way to navigate it with less resistance or no resistance, right? Mm -hmm. We can be happy in this way. Uh, but what happens is very often the feelings come up, we find them to be off-putting, we find them overwhelming, we don't want to deal with them, we act out in anger when we're not usually an angry person, whatever it might be, but we are going to help them walk through this, get to a better understanding of what is really at play, and find a way of uh, less resistance. Yeah, um... I have so many questions. So I do want to come back to this because I, I want to come back to your practice and, and sort of uh, how you foster helping other people and sort of navigating through this. But I am curious about your individual experiences. Um, 
especially talking about beliefs from our childhood, right, and and a lot of the stuff that we were ingrained with from a very young age. And so I'm wondering for you two, you know, coming to this point, uh, mm-hmm. the things that stand out about, like, what was your upbringing like and, and what brought you to to this point where you decided, you know, that you were going to help other people sort of pursue this type of lifestyle and that in the ways in which it, it benefits you and that you've chosen it for yourself. Great, great question. You want to? Uh, yeah, that? sure. I think if you look back at, you know, how we grew up, um, Andre and I uh, grew up quite differently. Um, my family was quite religious and never talked about sex. We were actually were talking in the car with his mom yesterday and how we were saying, did your parents actually have the discussion about sex with you? Like, I don't even remember. And like about, you know, safe sex practices and all that. So it was pretty much a non-talked about issue. And I think- Did you grow up in Canada? Yes. And then when you say religious, is it Christian religion? Yeah, like Roman Catholic, Christian. Okay. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) The big one. The big one. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of um, judgment and um, definite ideas around relationships and being monogamous, not having sex before, um, you know, marriage and all of that stuff. So I grew up with those beliefs. I didn't believe them. I knew that it wasn't right for me, but I never was really able to, like even through my adult years, put a name on what it was exactly that I wanted. you know, all I knew is I had a series of non-monogamous relationships that worked out or didn't work out for various reasons. And I always felt that um, I got to this point when I was dating people for the first time where um, I had to make a decision. So I may have been dating multiple people. It's like, oh, I have to decide between this person and that person and never realized it until more recently that that was me not fitting into a monogamous lifestyle. No, 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 that was great. And and just out of curiosity, so we can get clear on sort of how you're defining monogamy at that point and now how you define what, what works m- better for you. What was monogamy at that point? Yeah, monogamy was like the relationship escalator. So you dated someone, you got to know them, and then, you know, you started seeing each other more. And then maybe you decided um, that you were only going to see each other. Maybe you moved in with each other. Maybe you got married. I was married once and in a common law relationship once. Um, and then you moved up, you know, you bought property. You, you know, I didn't, I never had kids, but I had partners that had kids. And so you kind of went up that like escalator um, of what we believe to be the way relationships are mm-hmm. and monogamous. So only one person. Right. Only one person emotionally and physically, yeah. essentially. Okay. And then, so what was the turning point? Um, did you always want to be a relationship coach or was this as a part of the journey of like, oh my God, there's so much more out there in the world of how I can relate to other people in partnership? Right. Well, Andre and I met and I mean, I think we started our relationship as I don't know, maybe we maybe presume monogamy, I don't know. And then, you know, initially had a discussion fairly early on about what it would be like. I mean, he has a really good story about how he, how it came up okay. that he's better telling it. Um, but then I think um, the reason that drew me to being a relationship coach was that I wanted, you know, we went through this journey ourselves of discovery and figuring things out. And I think because Andre was he's such a great communicator, being a therapist and asking all the right questions, I, I felt that we had a bit of an advantage and we wanted to help other people take this journey 
in a way that's supportive and smooth and communicative and like teach people all the tools that we had to kind of search for ourselves. Yeah. And I'm curious, I, I'm excited to hear Andre, but just for you, Tara, as you're sort of dismantling these ideas that religion sort of gave to you and, and maybe your upbringing or your family, you know, as we're talking about jealousy and the things that come up for other folks, like, was that a journey for you? And is it an ongoing thing, um, as I imagine, or, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's constantly evolving and that's how my relationship kind of is. You know, things come up all the time where I'm like, oh, wow, I had no idea that that would be a problem or, you know, <laughs> that like that would trigger me in some kind of a way. And so um, I'm curious if if that's a similar ride for you uh, as well. Yeah, I think for sure. At the beginning, I was very jealous and like, especially when we first started, but well, I had moments of jealousy, you mm-hmm. remember that, <laughs> because we were just learning this, right? And I had to unlearn jealousy and what, and so, you know, for me, I still experience jealousy from time to time. Um, there's certain things that trigger me, but I think the difference now is that I kind of know what it is that is triggering it and what the story is that I'm telling myself in my head that's causing that jealousy and I can, I can manage it. And you know, and all that goes like back to what I was saying at the beginning in terms of your beliefs. So I believe, you know, that Andre chooses me every day and he continues to choose me. And so why would that be any different? So it's like remembering those things and collecting the evidence. And so I'm better able to manage feelings of jealousy. And in fact, you know, in most cases feel compersion, you know, but that's not an ideal for everybody. I think sometimes people um, can feel a little bit jealous or neutral if, if they're in a polyamorous or open relationship of some sort, right? You don't have to feel completely happy that your partner's being happy. You can feel neutral and that's right. a goal too. Yeah. yeah we, we want to lower the amount of discomfort. Mm-hmm. You might not always feel compersion, but we want to make it Uh, that we're not feeling overwhelmed by jealousy or anger. Can you define compersion? Uh, I would say compersion, in my (laughs) estimation, is the idea that we might take pleasure in our partner's pleasure, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's the more understanding of it. So, uh, you know, jealousy is where I'm feeling threatened by it and feeling very much insecure about the idea. Compersion is a state where uh, I am acknowledging, I'm aware of what's going on there and I really have this feeling that I'm happy for the pleasure that they are mm-hmm. receiving as well got it yeah. and would you mind defining it, to the extent that you feel comfortable sort of what you two have come to decide feels the best for you in terms of your relationship dynamic or or I, I don't know if you feel good about labels but um like what what it sort of looks like or what it's become to this point at least hmm. if you feel Uh, comfortable if not you don't have to I'm just curious I mean labels are an interesting thing right so um part of like I think it's good to understand the very the various types of relational diversities you can have when you're consensually non-monogamous so you know whether you be polyamorous you're a swinger you're have an open relationship I think the important part for people and what we try to teach and show to people is that making sure you understand what your partner's definitions are. Right. Yeah. So in terms of us, I would say we are polyamorous. Um, You know, we are. At times. At times. Got it. And sometimes we're swingers. So I think it it depends if I may. I think it depends on uh, 
it's going to sound funny, but almost the time of day. So <laughs> there are yeah. different situations. If we went out to a sex club, for example, uh, we might appear as swingers because uh, maybe it is primarily sexual or physical, but we have ongoing relationships with people that we uh, love very much who are very close to us and would resemble what people might consider to be polyamorous. Okay. Uh, it kind of all falls under the umbrella, I'd say, of polyam or open relating. But it is, uh, I think, Tara, you, you touched the point, which I really I think is true. What is my understanding of it? What is my definition right. of it? And is it at all similar to what yours is? And that right. is the axiom from which we base everything. And that is communication, 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 that we might be able to uh, speak each other's language, come to an understanding of what it is we're wanting and not wanting, and find out from our partner or partners. And that way it takes away the misunderstandings, right? Mm -hmm. We're yeah. able to communicate openly and find out where there is overlap where we are wanting to come together in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and I specifically asked about, because, you know, some people don't like labels, but what I do find interesting is, like, all of these terms are relatively broad, and I do think you can get so much more specific, right, obviously, about even the idea of monogamy. That's why I asked, because I just think it's such a sweeping term that mm -hmm. we don't really, you know, deconstruct of, like, oh, these pieces really work for me, but this doesn't make sense for me. Mm -hmm. um, and polyamorous seems the same way to me as well. There, there's It's a, such a big umbrella. And so when you get really specific of like, okay, this is something that feels out of my boundary or in boundary or whatever. Right. Yeah, that's a great point because they are such broad sweeping terms. So I like to look at them on a spectrum. And uh, there are different quadrants in that spectrum, right? So we might be uh, polyamorous, but what does it mean? And where are we in that right. scale, in that spectrum mm -hmm. of polyamory? So, right. uh, you know, by mm -hmm. talking about it, by having the open dialogue, by uh, gaining that information, then we can put ourselves on the track and we can understand where the other person is and see again uh, where we might have some common interests and where we are actually not uh, mm -hmm. so compatible. But we'll yeah. know that by having that awareness. Right. I think um, what I'd like to say too is people have really strong beliefs of what polyamory means to them. Mm -hmm. And you'll find if you're in any of the groups that are um, around polyamory, people will be quite specific. And in, in fact, can be quite um, hard on people who are new if they use the wrong terms mm -hmm. or they say the wrong thing. And I think the thing that we like to you know, communicate to our, like part of our community and the, our premise is that the only way, right way to do polyamory is the way that's right for you. Right. So we like to support people in what they want, you know, as long as everybody's consenting, right. then, you know, it's all good. Like mm -hmm. you don't yeah. have to agree with what this person wants to do. You know, if they want, you know, the big thing is like unicorn hunting, right? It's that big term that everybody's like, oh, you're unicorn hunters, you know? Um, but if somebody wants to have another woman and there's a woman that's willing to be a part of a couple, then and they're consenting, then all good. You know what I mean? Don't yuck my yum. Yeah, don't yuck my yum. Yeah. That's where the title of this podcast came from. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to dig deeper into that in a moment, but I am interested in, Andre, your background and what brought you to being a psychotherapist, whether it was always to discuss sort of relationships and, and this model or this came about, um, yeah, in, in your journey of, of growing. Sure. I'd, I'd love to tell you about it. So it is uh, almost the polar opposite of where Tara is coming coming from. Uh, my parents were born also into uh, Christianity, Catholicism, but uh, my mother was not 
subscribing to these beliefs whatsoever. She was very open with me since, well, since the time that I could remember. And it's interesting because we were speaking to her uh, just yesterday, as Tara mentioned, mm -hmm. And she, I had asked her what her mother was like, and her mother, my grandmother, was also very open about sex and about dialogue and talking about it in a very normalized way, which then influenced my reception of it. So I was always uh, told about what it would be like. And I remember one of the earliest conversations, I was quite young, my mother said to me uh, before I even became sexual, you know, that I should be uh, responsible both, you know, for uh, contraception, but be responsible for my actions, my thoughts, my feelings, but that I must also always ask for consent and find out how the other person was going to be feeling as well. But it was spoken about in such matter-of-fact ways that it made it very natural for me to uh, accept these ideas and to be open in many ways, to be social in that way, to be uh, well-integrated. So I was quite fortunate that I did come from such an open yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I wish everybody <laughs> had that kind of like straightforward communication of like, yeah, this is, this is how we relate to other people. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so fantastic because I, I never did I ever feel uh, some kind of embarrassment or shame or judgment in that way. It was just looked at as whatever your experience is going to be, is going to be part of that human sexual experience that is somewhere on the spectrum. And it is uh, no better, no worse. It's just your journey and enjoy it. Be responsible as far as emotions and otherwise, but uh, go at it and, you know, uh, allow for it. And it was wonderful because it really created a platform for love and incorporation as opposed yes. to uh, the unfortunate experience of being embarrassed or shamed for it. And mm -hmm. uh, it really was wonderful. And as far as a psychotherapist, um, I had tried a million different careers before <laughs> I became a psychotherapist, but looking back, I was always a psychotherapist because uh, I was told that since I could walk and talk, I was always asking why. So I was always, I've always been curious about what is going on. And uh, I love love and I love sex. So being a sex positive therapist made a quite easy and natural trans uh, transformation transition <laughs> yeah have you um have you seen sex education <laughs> yes. yeah i love it absolutely big fan yeah uh, i i almost like um see you being that kid, like the lead in the movie like going through life yes. sort of like oh i have a i have a good foundation here let me help other folks without um, a doubt yeah yeah and so then you two coming together um w w you know and it sounds like you were consistently having open communication and relationships and so I i'm curious about your journey with tara and bringing this work to be a, a partnership as well in a in a business venture of of, of you two coming together did that shift anything or change anything of, of how you approach the work or or what your focus had become that's interesting i wonder how it might have shifted you know <laughs> um I, th I think that given our, our vastly different backgrounds in a way uh it does complement right so i am uh quite open in it and came from an open accepting way. And Tara's uh, point of view or her influence was not mm -hmm. that. And so I think it really helps us to understand uh, a greater spectrum of people that we work with, that we're yeah. able to really relate to them. Uh, and we've been able to communicate so openly that way. And I've really been greatly influenced by uh, Tara's uh, approach and how she's been able to see the world and helps me to understand a point of view different than my own. So I think it's quite wonderful that way. Yeah, and Andre's been great like mentoring me because this is rel like relatively new to me in the last couple of years. So prior mm. to this, I was like 
working for the government, you know, manage teams and that sort of thing, which brings with it a lot of skills that I would never have imagined that I would have used in running a business, but have been super helpful. But it's true. You see, it's so interesting now, like I've been coached myself and that's also how I came to this is like realizing what benefits it can bring to be coached Mm -hmm. yourself and see and understand what, what, you know, what's in your mind, like what, how do you make decisions? What do you make, you know, and all this, and, you know, and I wanted to help other people do it. And it's so funny when I talk to clients, it's like, I hear them and I go, oh yeah, I remember feeling like that. Like I, I understand that feeling and it brings a lot of, um, yeah, I think it helps the clients when you can relate to what, what it is that they're struggling with. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so funny. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's so interesting. I'm I'm curious about too. So coming together and and working together, mm-hmm. you said that there was some kind of funny story that Andre tells better about. Uh, you know, like I guess maybe opening the relationship or just having a conversation about <laughs> <laughs> boundaries and parameters and such. Well, we we think it's funny. You might find it mundane, but I'm ready to laugh. I'm so here. we met on we met on one of the popular uh, websites, one of the popular dating sites. And it was, uh, we'd not known that we were going to start off as polyamorous. We were not yet defined and it was rather casual, but we were uh, sexually attracted to each other and we were going at it one night <laughs> and uh, we were doing a rather complicated position. And I said, it would be great if I had an extra set of hands. And she said, yeah, I think that'd be fun. You know, awesome. No, that'd and be hot. That'd be hot. You said, I think that'd be hot. And I was like, really? Like, wow. Like, you know, that's, that's open. That's cool. So uh, we finished what we were doing. And then essentially we just uh, ran right away to the computer. We created a joint, a joint profile and we started to uh, unicorn hunt. We started to hunt for wow. who might like immediately, like yeah. look for other people. But, yeah. But the kicker is that the very next day I was leaving for Europe with a girlfriend of mine for the next six weeks. And so what we would do is we would uh, Zoom each other and we would review profiles and say, what about this person? What about that person? So it's this big buildup. And then when I came back, we uh, ended up meeting somebody and that was the beginning of our journey. Wow. And so had you had open relationships before, Andre, or was this really the first one for you too? Yeah, what a great question. Uh, the, ma- the majority of my relationships were open on my side. So I would lie about them. I would cheat about them. The people didn't know that they were in open relationships. Oh, interesting. Or I would uh, do the other thing is I would try my best to avoid the relationship escalator, right? So I'd feel it was getting kind of close and it was getting kind of serious. And I would probably try to kill them off or kill myself off. Um, but there was one person that I was involved with. And I asked them if they would be willing and interested in uh, swapping with another couple. And we went there and they uh, really uh, put a show on for me. They really made it seem as though they were having the hottest, wildest sex. And I was not prepared for it. I got over, uh, overcome with jealousy. And then on the ride home, uh, they turned to me and said, you know, you're happy now? Like you got that out of your system? Like, and that was it. And it, and it, it scared me. It turned me off. And I went the next 10 years or so, never wanting to go back there because it was so horrific. It was not a very good introduction. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't the person I am today. I would have, uh, you know, I would ask people to uh, consider what they feel or what they imagine they might feel. What are the uh, possible repercussions that we become informed before we go into the action, right? And I, I did not do that. I was not informed. All I was thinking about was 
the adventure, the sexual adventure that was going to go on, but not the significance of it. Mm-hmm. And I did yeah. a service to myself. So yeah. now we encourage uh, the people we work with to really, and anybody else, uh, really, you know, pause for a moment and think about what does it mean? What is your motive? What do you imagine it's going to be like? And what, uh, what happens if? All these other things. Yeah. And it can be a beautiful, wonderful experience. It's beyond, it's, as we say, living the dream. But it happens because we are prepared. We have a dialogue. We are gathering the information and we make an informed consensual uh, expression of it. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly, I think, also reviewing those things between us. So our relationship has evolved. We, we, we date like a lot of different people and, you know, we do a lot of things, you know, we're not just dating single women anymore. We date couples, we date people together separately. We each Mm -hmm. have partners outside of the relationships. So, you know, these relationships can evolve over time and that happens through discussion, ongoing check-ins and, you know, how to see how things are going. But you know, one thing I want to say also that is uh, wildly different than all the other relationships before is that uh, Tara and I have an open, honest, communication that we uh, really uh, we work at that it's not always easy it's not always easy to say how you're feeling or to try and get in touch with it Mm -hmm. but it is uh, giving us a freedom that was not known before because we are honest about it so I uh, I don't reproach myself for what I do I don't feel as though I am a liar or a cheater the way I once was in the past Mm -hmm. that I can be uh, comfortable within my own skin and I do that because I am open and transparent about it. Mm -hmm. And this is what we want for other people. We want people to be able to have these skills to communicate and like, you know, be honest with each other and get what they get, what they want, you know, and need and feel supported and secure in it. And it's, you know, it's totally possible. Yeah. So it seems like this has been quite a shift for you, Andre, of like this dynamic as well has been pretty transformative of for the first time being able to foster that kind of communication and that kind of honesty as opposed to doing it, you know, behind closed doors or or hopefully not being found out. Yeah, it was was amazing because before uh, I came to this, I thought that it was not going to ever be a possibility. I thought that the way that I was was uh, corrupt, that it was perverse, it was uh, immoral. And uh, there's nothing immoral about it if you are being honest about it. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing, it doesn't, you know, nothing's better or worse about polyamory or monogamy. It is okay as long as you are being honest about it and consenting. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I am curious about your opinion, um, and you might not have an opinion on this, uh, based on that statement, but, uh, you know, scientists and there's been a couple of different podcasts and, and a lot of different research on are humans monogamous, right? This idea of monogamy. And, um, I was just listening to science versus that did a whole episode on monogamy, um, and polyamory and this idea and they talked about voles which is like this little rat looking uh being animal and um they have oxytocin receptors basically in their brain and so like half of the population does and then there's another half that doesn't and so those that have oxytocin that is released they do partnership and they do couple up and they do find that um 
they want to cuddle with each other and they want to create like a partnership dynamic that we would assign right as uh, as human beings and um, the ones that don't are separate and they don't have any kind of connection to a partner and they just sort of go around having sex and having babies with whoever um, <laughs> and they didn't make necessarily a, a conclusion based on this but one of the things I thought that was really interesting um, was that they talk about how even the the species that are quote-unquote monogamous they're just paired for like a season like a mating season or something <laughs> like that right like it's not like this lifetime thing that you know this disney idea of fairy tale but that it really is like a for a particular amount of time and they are with each other they procreate with each other and then often move on um and so i just found it all interesting especially looking at the animal kingdom and kind of religion and what it's done to you know our brains are amazing and we have all of this thought that we we have available um and things that we can believe in uh you know and so I'm just curious your thoughts on it uh because I I would imagine it comes up I think this stuff is interesting to talk about especially when you break sort of this mold that we've been taught particularly in a puritanical society at least in the United States and um somewhat in in Canada and, and Europe and many parts of the world. And I think you're absolutely yeah. correct. Um, so the short answer is yes, we are both. And I think it really depends on the person and the cultural influences that we have uh, been taught to. And, you know, I mean, uh, very often we're taught that we should pair and it would benefit the child. And often it does. But that's not to say that a village can't raise a child either, right? right. I don't think there's one way that is better or worse than the other. It makes me think of uh, chimpanzees and bonobos how similar they are, but their experience is widely different. And a lot of that has to do with uh, where they're coming from, their environment, how they were introduced to the idea of ownership or uh, collected ideas, right? So we can go either way, but really at the end of the day, because we are uh, intelligent creatures, we should be able to make a decision for ourselves. So uh, whether or not we've been brought into this and it's been put upon us or not, if it fits for us, then so be it. And if it doesn't, then so be it. So it goes back to that earlier part of what feels right for me and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. But how do I know that? Well, mm -hmm. we know that through uh, exploration by finding out what is that play. So I might feel as though I have to be uh, mono because that was what was told to me, but it might not really be what I'm wanting or it might be. So we want to explore that, find out, get that information so we can make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's so interesting. And I think it's coming up more and more, you know, as I feel like sort of systems of oppression are being dismantled a little bit more. And I think that this is one of them of, of yeah, let's have a conversation so that, you know, there are so many options and they don't have to fit you right you can choose whatever feels best for you but but yeah. letting people have the option of exploring and and what that looks like and um i find with people who are open to other types of relationship dynamics you know communication is so much better consent mm -hmm. is a big piece of it right as opposed to uh silent uh, understandings of relationships and that you just don't talk about those sort of dynamics but also, I like to say that um, what we might want for today is not written in stone. Mm -hmm. So who I was yesterday and who I might be tomorrow may not be exactly the same thing. So I might want to be a swinger today. And then I might decide, well, I want to get married and, uh, you know, suspend those other ways of being for the moment. But I will be able to choose that. I am fluid. I am plastic. I am uh, able to say what is right for me at that moment. 
just like consent. I might consent to something today and then tomorrow mm -hmm. not have that same idea, that same position. But I am within my rights to change that and I can be whatever feels good for me at that time. Right. Absolutely. And so what what do you suggest for people who maybe are interested in opening this kind of dialogue um, or, you know, getting more information um, or maybe even coming to a coach? You know, like what what are sort of those first things? I know jealousy comes up a lot in dismantling these beliefs, but how do you even begin this type of conversation? How do you even start to entertain these things which maybe did feel very taboo or wasn't, you know, a part of your conversation previously? Yeah, you can always start. I mean, there's tons of free information out there. You can always start like researching and reading and listening to blogs and podcasts and stuff like that that are super helpful. But sometimes it's really important to talk to someone about it because, you know, we get all caught up in our head. And, you know, some of those beliefs like we talked about earlier um, bring with them things like judgment. You know, am I wrong for feeling this way and that sort of thing. So often people will need help. You know, there's tons of information out there, but they need help with the actual implementation and someone, you know, really helping them dig into what are the things that are stopping them from getting the things that they want in their lives. So the best thing to do is just to start, you know, start a conversation. And, you know, if you need help, there's tons of people out there like us that, you know, offer individual and couples coaching, or, you know, we have our program we're just starting in November, which we're super excited mm -hmm. about, you know, so being in a group with others that are experiencing the same thing. So you get to talk about all the things that come up for you, like jealousy and all that stuff. And I think when you're part of a community and you hear that you're not alone, you're not the only one feeling these things and you feel like you belong, you're better able to like take the steps um, to move towards the thing that you really do want. That's, I mean, we believe that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we do what we do. Yeah, well said. Yeah, absolutely. And so this group program that you're starting, what does that look like? And what if people want to get involved, what what are you offering? Awesome. So it's completely online, but you get the two of us. So you get the benefit of a, you know, sex positive therapist and a and coach and a coach myself. And we deliver content uh, to people weekly. So they sign up. We deliver everything virtually. We will have a special uh, Facebook group where you can and membership site where people can access the content 24 seven. And then weekly we have like live trainings, exercises people do, and then live coaching one-on-one. -on -one. So that's the difference with our program is that it's not a static program where you, you know, watch a bunch of PowerPoints and then you move on. It's like you have the ability to work with us directly. And then at key milestones in the journey, it's like a six stage journey. Six stage journey <laughs> Sorry, yes. I forgot that part. Okay. Um, to remember. And at key uh, spots in the journey, um, you meet with us one-on-one -on -one or as a couple, if you're doing it as a couple. So, you know, you work on your relationship blueprint uh, through that. And so we take you through the entire process of like visioning what you want, discovering what you want, getting into communication strategies agreements setting agreements with partners and then all the way into action and yeah. then we're like we're your support all the way through the program mm. cool so and so what are the, yeah go ahead well so you don't have to do all the heavy lifting alone we've mm -hmm. done uh, the lion's share of that work you're going to have to show up be present and uh, get in touch with your thoughts and feelings but we help guide you through that process mm -hmm. and it is uh it starts off with you know the first step of discovery and it is uh beyond explanation of how it really can transform your relationships and bring them into the next level. Mm -hmm. There's a and can you share what the six stages are or is that 
Sure, we can share them. So the first stage is discovery, like he was saying. So discovery is about like figuring out yourself. Like what is it, who are you as an individual? Mm -hmm. What types of things do you want in your life? Um, you know, there's a, there'll be a bunch of like exercises and questionnaires and stuff that happen during there. Like, how do you relate to other people? So that's kind of like the first stage. And that's what gives us the information, right? We're going to inform ourselves so we can inform others as well. So we're able to uh, find that overlap, be able to find out where we have uh, commonality, where we're able to uh, place ourselves in yeah. these relationships. So that's phase two is informing. Mm -hmm. So informing is a lot of, we'll be doing a lot of teaching and in that phase and uh, telling people what's kind of out there for them. Right. Moving into the third stage, which is vis visioning, which is like, what's the vision of my relationship? Like, what's the ideal relationship look like? Mm -hmm. What does it, and mapping it out for them, like what right. exactly it is I want. And then, like I said, moving into communication and agreements. Mm -hmm. And then stage five is getting into action. So people are going to action, actually do like action plans. Like here's how I mm -hmm. get from point A to point B, because sometimes that's the hardest thing for people to do is they don't know where to start. And it's like, where can I start small and move forward? Right. And also it's going into action takes it just from the theoretical and the philosophical to how do I actually go about and start living this? Yeah. So and, and part of that would be like, that's where the coaching is going to be important as well, because they may go out and go to a, an experience like a club or a party and then or like, date. or a date and want to talk about right. it. So we help them set up themselves up for success and then are there to support them to have those conversations mm -hmm. like afterwards. And then the final stage we call care, feeding and freedom, which is kind of the like, you know, check in, see how you're doing. Do we need to revise agreements? How do we want to do right. things what's differently? Working, what's not working? And then yeah. like, you know, what's, you know, what's your life going to look like from yeah. this point forward? Amazing. Yeah, um, amazing. And so before we wrap up, I am curious, what is there like one or two takeaways just from you starting this work and creating this group, particularly through COVID um, and getting to connect 800 folks and growing, you know, mm -hmm. is there, is there a takeaway for you in your own lives in your professional lives, like something that you've gleaned from it, from this experience and, and continue to that maybe was surprising or, or is just added to your, your experience of life? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think we, we actually spoke about this the other day. And I think, you know, uh, the fact that this community was born out of COVID, uh, desire to stay connected, I think it really uh, drove home this idea of wanting to be connected, of having community, and also how we cherish these relationships uh, in whatever form they might take. But uh, the takeaway, I guess, or the message that I would want to impart on our listeners or whoever might be tuning in is the idea that we should say everything. Communication, communication, communication. It starts with that. Be honest with yourself so you can be honest with others. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I just, you know, the biggest thing is I feel, um, I feel so amazing for this community that we've created. Mm -hmm. Like I, the people are amazing. Right. It's like connecting people, talking about things that people want to talk about. And I feel like people tell us all the time how much like what we've done helps them. And like, I love when people like put up, you know, we do a live weekly every Monday and they'll say something like, oh, this was so great. I had a great conversation with my partner right. about this topic. Like, thank you. And it's just like, ah, oh, it just, it feels so good. It helps the dialogue, right? It helps yeah. the communication process for sure. Yeah. I yeah. love I love that people are talking about these things and people feel a part of it. And like, I feel a part of it. Yeah. And it's it helps like to, my family. And it helps normalize it, right? It helps to make it, you know, uh, it takes it from the shadows 
and makes it accessible, makes it just part of the human sexual experience. We, yeah. we should tell you too, our most recent member is Andre's mom. She joined our group yesterday. Oh, and she wow. just turned, well, I kind of say how old she is. She just turned almost 80. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's she's, cool. She's enthusiastic. So it's cool. Yeah. So, we talked about like STI testing and all this other yeah. stuff. And she was like totally cool about it. And, you know, she yeah. knows everything yeah. about our relationship, which is awesome. So you're never yeah. too old, never too young. Amazing. This has been so great. Thank you for taking time to speak with me and share. Um, I'll put stuff in the show notes as well, but where can people find you on social media uh, if they want to check it out, if they if they are interested in maybe joining the group? Yeah, yeah, awesome. So our group on Facebook is called Let's Talk Polly. And so if you search that, it's easy to find. Um, but if you want to get a link to it, you can um, go on to our Instagram Um which is at Tara and Andre, or we have a website. It's uh, TaraAndre.com. Amazing. And those will be in the show notes as well. But this has been so awesome. Thank you so much. It's been oh, delightful talking thank with you. you. Thank you. Yeah. So awesome talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, boy. What a dream. Thank you so much, Tara and Andre, for coming on the podcast, for being the last episode. Uh, What a treat. Please look them up. Join their community online. I'm a part of um, their poly community online, and it, it's it's just you learn so much, and you can connect with different people. Um, you know, and I think for all of us, challenging sort of these structural relationship ideas that that we've grown up with, and and deciding whether those actually work for us, is. Um, is a gift in and of itself and I know for me it's been really eye-opening and so helpful of like trying different things on and being like oh does this really work for me um and do I choose this as opposed to it sort of being put on me or, or that's what it felt like um so yes thanks for continuing this conversation Tara and Andre and offering such amazing resources Even though this is the last episode, uh, we do have over a hundred episodes across all podcast platforms. So please share it with a friend. Share it with anyone that you think would benefit from these amazing stories and from all of the knowledge and wisdom that each guest has brought to the pod. Um, And subscribe, uh, you know, and share it. I would love that. If you want to contact me, you can do it through social media at Finding My Young Podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also send me an email, findingmyyum at gmail.com. If you'd like to connect with me on my personal uh, feeds, it's at Jerry Courtney Austin on Instagram and Facebook, a little bit on Twitter. Uh, so I'd love to stay connected with you there. Um, I'd love to hear from you. What do you want to hear next? Uh, you know, what are you interested in? How, how did you like the podcast? I love feedback and I would love to connect. Um, it's one of the most awesome parts of this podcast is connecting with the community and hearing from you I've you know I've gotten so many messages so um yeah it's so strange that this is like you know an ending but I do think like when one one door closes something else emerges and and who knows what's gonna come next um but I do I love you all and I wish you all the best please stay healthy and safe and as always stay yummy Jerry out Thank you.